Happy Monday! Ah, bonus episodes, my friends! This makes me so happy. I'm so glad I get to do this. Oh, my name is Danny Akotsky. I work for Trimark Security. And it is Trimark Security on the show that you are watching. We do this. Well, we do our happy. I mean, people know, and hopefully you're new. Maybe you don't know. We do a show every Friday. We call it the happy hour here on twitch.tv. And, uh, but uh, it's Vegas time. And I, I get, I'm, I get giddy. I am a, I'm a big 332 pound child when it comes to Vegas and, and, and DEF CON and B-Sides. Uh, I have often said it is my New Year's, it is my Christmas, it is everything rolled into one. Uh, this will be my eighth year, I think. And um, so I said, uh, why don't we just do some extra episodes? Matter of fact, Russ, Russ Rogers of uh, Vertigo on Twitter had also said something that, um, that it really struck home for me. And I was, don't worry, I'll get to my guests in a second, but I want to explain why we're doing extra episodes. Is, you know, he wants, uh, he was like, hey, when you're at in Vegas, and you're having these conversations with people, like, pull aside an old head. Like, if you find a goon that's bitty, you see a 20-year badge or a 10-year badge on a goon, you know, talk to him, pull him aside, and be like, tell me about DEF CON. You know, tell me about the time, how long you've been here. Um, have those conversations. It's the kind of stuff you can't get recorded because um, a lot of us don't like pictures. So in that vein, I said, let's do some extra episodes. We're doing two today, as a matter of fact. Uh, later tonight, 5 o'clock Eastern, we have Snow and JC from the new Social Engineer uh, Community Village at DEF CON this year. Uh, second year, I believe. But first, and selfishly of me, because it's my favorite thing, uh, graciously enough, we have Investigator Chick, who is a constant on this show, whether in chat or as a guest, both sometimes. Um, and Riverside, who uh, they are part of the Wall of Sheep in the Packet Packet Hacking Village. Uh, first of all, hello, Riverside. Welcome to the show. You're the newbie here. <laughs> I don't get uh, called a newbie very often, but uh, thank you. I know. I this is one being that was, invited to the show. It's one of the only opportunities in the very small context to call Riverside anywhere near a newbie. And now that it left my mouth, I actually feel really bad about using that term. But welcome <laughs> to the show. I'm very happy to have you here. Uh, Riverside, been around for a very, very long time. Uh, and of course, investigator chick, how are you, doctor? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm feeling much like you are, you know, a lot going on, excited, apprehensive all at the same time. Yeah. You know, it, this year, I, I, I don't know what it was, but, um, it, it took me a little longer to get into like the whole groove of it, right? Like the whole hype of it. And I don't know what it was. I, maybe I'm just getting old and maybe, maybe that's it. Um, but then all of a sudden, like the schedules started coming out. And then I also run a contest there. Uh, who slides anyway? Friday night, 7 p.m., by the way. Um, and then that happened. And then my guys were creating all of their slides and were going over them and uploading them. Well, they're going over them. I'm notorious for never looking at any of the slides that they create. Because um, every year if somebody presents on the slide and it has a message like mocking me for some reason. Um and but now I'm excited. Like I'm very excited. It's my third on floor year as a goon. Uh, that pesky virus robbed me of two, but that's fine. But enough about. I talk about myself all the time, and it gets old. It, it, imagine, I can only imagine how old it gets for other people. Let alone hearing you know myself talk. Um, wall of what is 
what is the Packet Hacking Village? And I'm, I'll throw this to Riverside. Tell us about Packet Hacking Village. Tell us about Wall of Sheep. Sure. Uh, well, I can go way back. Yes, way back. Plus years. <laughs> uh, I could even go back further. Um, so they, the first time that we did anything that was related to Wall of Sheep was at the Alexis Park uh, DEF CON 8-ish time frame. Uh, we're at 31 right now. And uh, there were a group of us, just literally random attendees, sitting around drinking at an open air area with round tables in a space. And we happened to see a network jack open on the floor. And uh, you know, we're curious hackers. Well, you know, why not look and see what the heck could potentially be on that that network jack? And so we plugged in and started sniffing the traffic. And lo and behold, found everybody's information, all the passwords, all the logins. I mean, there was no encryption at the time. It was uh, a, a gold mine of information. It was insane. Um, and so we kind of looked at each other and, and we didn't really quite know what to do with it yet. And I'm like, oh, well, okay, let's, uh, let's start scribbling up some of these on a, a sheet. And it originally were we were making it uh, kind of a wall of shame and shaming people into using better security at, at HackerCon. You're supposed to be the best of the best. You shouldn't be doing, you know, things that they were doing in the clear, connecting to root servers for like major um, infrastructure and all sorts of other things. It was it was kind of scary even for for back then. Um, and and then uh, at one point, like we we just looked at each other like, oh my god, there's so many of them and. Yeah, it's like sheep. And then that's kind of how it became. It just herds and hundreds and hundreds of these credentials. And we ran out of paper. And so I ran over to uh, the pizza booth that happened to be there. And I, I I don't remember how I acquired the paper plates, but they got a, a giant stack of paper plates were acquired. And I brought them back to the table. And we had Sharpies. And we started drawing sheep and writing credentials the usernames and passwords on these plates and taping them to the wall. And so there were these sheep names and dozens and dozens of plates across this 50 plus foot wall. And I don't know, there might've been hundreds of, of plates with usernames and passwords of people on the wall. And that's how it became the wall of sheep. It was just credentials and things like that. And that was that was how how, how many DEF CON? Like, what, like, was that like one? I, I think it was, DEFCON 8, around DEFCON 8 time frame that we did that. And after that, um, it was great, but we got yelled at for taping things to the wall. Casinos sure. and hotels don't like that, especially when you use duct tape. You can use gaffer's tape, but they still hate. So they're like, no, don't ever tape plates to the wall again. Shame on you. You should know better. Um, and why not? So I spent the rest of the time after summer writing an application that became what is known now as the wall of sheep app. and people see that but there a lot of people don't realize that there are actually many apps there's the, the app that gets projected onto the wall and then we have an app that collects the information and then we have uh, a sheep herding app uh, as well as um, uh, a sorting app because a lot of people con try to intentionally get onto the wall of sheep they're like oh look i i, I tricked them i got my name on the wall and then they want to go take a picture up there sure and so we look at the data with human eye and then we'll just ignore it we'll put it into a junk pile 
Um, but then at the same time, if they did log in to a, a real site with clear credentials, I mean, it's a legit uh, capture. So, you know, we have to play that balance. But um, we've we've gone from there for years using that. And that's what the Wall of Sheep originally did. And you ask how, how it turned into the village and how, you know, uh, Investigator Chick and all the other people came to be. Um, we... There was a, a small group of us, and you know, I, I started lugging the laptop and, and a projector, and we projected it onto the wall. We didn't get a projector screen back then. We were just taking a personally owned projector and projecting this onto a wall. Like, well, what are they going to do? They can't. They can't say anything. We're not taping anything to the wall. So, and and as they would boot us out of an area, we just move our gear over. Right, or we're going to just project it over here. And uh, at some point, they realized we weren't going away. And uh, they're like, all right, well, you can just have those couple tables there and, and <laughs> go. And they just kept giving us a little bit more space and we would bring tables together. And each year we would kind of set up and, and you know, become a thing. And it, it became official-ish in around, let's see, DEF CON 10 or so um, as a, a thing. It wasn't a contest and it wasn't a village at the time. There weren't villages back then, but there were things going on. Um, and we spent a lot of time looking at packets and analyzing the traffic going across the DEFCON wire. And they actually gave us a full feed um, at some point. And at one point in time, we had literally all the traffic across the entire event. Um, over time, that's reduced significantly um, as we would capture like press credentials or authors that are submitting, I'm not, not pointing, but we had a, we had uh, in around DefCon 18 or so there was an author who was uh, publishing his book at DefCon and he plugged his laptop into the DefCon network and sent a bunch of things and we had his his book and his credentials and all those things and so we we actually called him over we, we got a hold of somebody to say hey come over here we need to help you lock your laptop down <laughs> and. Um, but it, it just kind of grew, and I realized at some point doing, so let me step back a, a moment. I was a goon at DEF CON for many years. I, I did night shift for a decade, um, and by day I did Wall of Sheep, and it, it, it was exhausting. And as I got older, I had to kind of focus and, and choose what I wanted to do. So I retired as a, a goon after my 10-ish my plus years or so, um, and then... Uh, focused really on more than just the wall of sheep. As you fast forward about you know ten years or so, it got rather boring for myself and some of the others doing the same thing over and over. We were you know we're missing out on talks, we're missing out on contests and doing this and doing that. But we really like what we're doing. Maybe we should just have a talk here, and maybe we you know we need some music. Maybe we should just on some music. So the first thing we did is one of our, our guys, Precocious, who's the head of the Wall of Sheep DJ community, um, he brought a giant speaker from Michigan out to Con, and we plugged in and he DJed off that giant speaker for years. <laughs> and then other DJs are like, this is awesome. I want to I wanna run some. Can I do some? And he's like, sure, you can do some sets. I'll go and do this. And so that's kind of how we had DJs playing music while we we're doing the Wall of Sheep. And then we, we got a couple speakers, uh, Mike Osmond, the, the creator of uh, Great Scott Gadgets and the, the Hack RF1 and all of those. He spoke uh, at this teeny little six foot table with the speaker while there's all this madness going around. And we 
eventually turned into a full talk track and we got workshops and we built this thing into what we wanted to attend and do and be at with the people that we wanted to be around instead of going to all the different other places and um and attending all of those which we couldn't because we were stuck there we brought it to us and that's kind of how it turned in is it so much of an institution now that you still have to go do you still go through the submission process every year or is it just no this is this this, this is part of defcon now so defcon requires everybody to go through submission but legacy villages are uh, get a uh, an auto accept if they request to become a village that the next year nice so, yeah, um, we're we're considered um, one of the anchor villages, and when the DefCon team is planning out where everything is going to be, they make very strategic decisions on placing high traffic, high attended events in the most remote place of Con you could possibly go. So we're we're all the way in the very back of Caesar Forum this year, and as we're the same place that we were last year. By design, they want the attendees to walk through the entire convention space, see all the other things before they get to our destination. That makes sense. Um, it's the thing I like about Caesars Forum because uh, that was my first year there last year. Uh, but I think this isn't it, the con's third year there now. Second. Oh, it's, it's I think second. it's the second. Yeah, okay. I think it's the second. Yeah, because it was I, supposed to be the third year. But the, if I remember Riverside, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the first year we were supposed to be there, it wasn't finished yet. So they had to put us back in Paris Valleys. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah you, you're correct. They promised us a whole bunch of things, us being the conference. Um, and then there were delays due to COVID on the, the completion of the project. Yeah, so. I, I really liked forums because it's basically one giant rectangle uh, and it's, it's it, it, on some on some ways it's easy to direct people where to go, but then there's like little hallways and stuff. Um, so, uh, uh, Kathy, how did you get involved with this? Like, like were you there from from eight on? Oh, oh no, no, no. I I didn't come until the early twenties, um, and my husband and I came to DefCon for the very first time, and the con's reputation had really sort of preceded itself. And I spent the whole thing, like nothing bad happened. It wasn't, it wasn't anything like that, but I, I spent a lot of time feeling like I had to look over my shoulder. Um, it, there was just this discomfort for me and we, you know, we walked around and we were like, okay, this is what DEF CON is great. And on the whole, my experience as well, that was nice. I've had the experience. I don't need to do this again, but we walked up at the time, uh, we were, Packadacking Village was at the top of the tower in Bally's. And um, I remember walking in and being just sort of in awe of what I was looking at. And I saw somebody coming out with a t-shirt that had the sheep on it. And I was like, oh it's my adorable. God, that's adorable. I love it. And I walked in and I looked around and I asked some questions and everybody was super friendly and really like... I don't know, helpful. And ultimately I was like, how can I get one of those awesome t-shirts and chef, um, who's uh, one of our, our staff, uh, our shepherds hands me a shirt. He goes, you are so nice. I'm going to give you a shirt. And that was my first experience with the village. And it was such a pleasant one that although I had decided at that point, I wasn't coming back the <laughs> following year, I'd come up with an idea for a talk and I reached out to a friend and said, 
I'm thinking about submitting this to Packet Hacking Village because I, you know, it's like I knew it wasn't really something like I wasn't ready to even consider DEF CON main stage, right? But I was like, if you do this with me, I'll submit it. And he said yes. And so um, that was Chris Roberts. And he and I submitted this talk and the following year and it was accepted. And I came back. And by that point, I knew a ton more people like in the business. So the whole experience was 100% different for me. And I had such a great experience as a speaker that I hung out and wound up helping that year. And I was a volunteer for a bunch of years after that. Uh, and now I'm, I was yet last year, I was the second for info booth and this year I'm leading info booth. So, um, you know, it was, it was easy to get sucked in once you're with a bunch of folks that, you know, treat you with respect and, and really are excited about what they're doing and, and like it, right? Like, I think that's the best part for me working info booth is especially the last couple of years, we've had so many new people. We had so many women like last year and the year before who'd never seen any of this and, and I think maybe, you know, I don't look threatening. And so they come up and they say, you know, what is this? Tell me about this. And I have the opportunity to, to you know, just talk about how our games work and how awesome we are. And, and you know, we'll get a few people who are like, oh, you know, that looks cool. But, mm. and my response is always, look, you know, give it a try. Sit down. You might learn a little something. If you get stuck, we're here to help you. And more often than not, they'll go and they'll get in line and they'll sit down and they'll play and they'll come over afterwards and go, it's amazing. So that's, that's kind of, you know, my history with it. And, and because of that, it makes me want to come back every year. You know, I joke because I, I, I hate Vegas. I don't like extreme heat. Uh, I don't gamble. I don't drink. Like none of that appeals to me, but getting to see the excitement on these new folks' faces and the returning folks, I mean, and getting to be with, with our, you know, wall of sheep fam, that's what it's all about. I would be hard pressed to to find a person who is less threatening looking <laughs> than you from the very first time well even when we first met on online just on, on twitter which is how i met so many uh so many people it's how i got you know mostly how i got to be a goon and and, and all of that um to have have somebody like you as like as like the mama shepherd to come through and be like no 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 child everything will be fine nobody's gonna oh, eat yeah. there's no wolves here um uh what so from from all of all of your uh, history Riverside from eight to now, what are, do you have any clarity? So for me, for 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 Wallace Sheep and Packet Hacking, I still have a very clear memory. Vegas blends together, right? Like it's 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 it's, it's that it's that uh, black hole uh, that that happens in that desert. But I have a very clear memory of being in the tower at Bally's and walking in to the pack and just standing there and be like, well, I'm not sitting cause like it's one of my first ones and I want to go look around, but I stood there for a very long time and just watched like pe people smiling and like they're, they're, they're this like intent intensity they have of looking at their screens. And it had a, just a, the, one of the best vibes that I've ever run into. And I'll never, it's, that is a core DEF CON memory for me, you guys and hacker jeopardy. Um, through all of your time, do you, do you have any kind of core memories from the village where you were kind of where you kind of stood back and were like, "This is why I do this"? Uh, there are so many. Um, the the village is is glued together by some core concepts, and I think that those core core concepts bring together what become those memories. So for for me, uh, I I had uh, an upbringing in in a very large city where. Everybody was accepted and 
you know, it was just a, a very big melting pot. And the hacker community is really much like that in some places. And in some places, it's very clicky and it's very uh, exclusive. And um, I wanted the opposite. So we're the anti-click click. Um, that's kind of how I say it. You're, everybody's welcome there as long as they're there to learn and not be a jerk. And so we, we want to sit down and share knowledge and be together. And we have individuals from literally every walk of life. I mean, we, we joke around internally and uh, we're, we're the group of misfit broken toys. Um, and we, we come, everyone has something going on. Everyone is from a different background. We have people from all different races, religions, uh, you know, every orientation you can, you can think of. We don't think about that. It is about the brain. It is about the energy and the, the sharing of knowledge and working together on cool projects. And we're constantly doing things like that. So for me, um, I mean, I have so many core, core memories when, when we um, were the first village to um, have a, a, an ASL speaker help somebody at con who had, couldn't, couldn't, you know, really appreciate the con in, unless they had somebody, sp you know, speak. So we, we had somebody doing translation on our staff and teaching somebody that was deaf. That was amazing. I really loved the ability to do that. I grew up in special ed personally um, with learning disabilities, ADHD, all the things, right? Um, so being able to help and bring this to everyone in the community, not just the, you know, the, the general uh, public was really important to me and still is. Um, having somebody on staff uh, who happens to be one of the brilliant, most brilliant pen testers that I know, who's paralyzed from the waist down and is able to do things and share and and contribute to the community without feeling, um, you know, blocked. You know, he, he really feels uh, very, very, you know, uh, solid and able to contribute. I think that's important. Being able to bring a space to the community that is, as as investigator said, uh, Chick said, very safe. Um, we have. I, I've been told. I I don't. I try not to keep track of the numbers, but I've been told we have the most uh, diverse group, the most females on our staff and our team out of all, any of the other villages, that doesn't have to do with us trying to go and and get numbers up or, or skew things. It just happens to be that our village is is open like that. And and that is a huge thing for me, seeing that happen all the time. And I'll say like, you know, when I do orientation with, with our new volunteers, I mean, we make it very clear that that is one of our goals, right? Is we want folks to learn but most of all, we want them to be comfortable and, you know, in a space where they can learn. Because if you're not, if you're not comfortable, you're never going to learn anything. Like you're just, I think that for a lot of people, they're, they're uncomfortable in their own skin in a variety of different ways. And so if nothing else, if our volunteers understand that at the end of the day, we want them to come and play and whatever they learn they learn and however much you know they go home with they come away with this positive experience that you know we we tell our volunteers that like we we joke around we have a good time but we're here to to help everybody when somebody say i'm you know even if i've been to the to defcon proper a few times but i've never actually been to the packet hacking village but i'm walking around and as you said, Riverside designed, I walk by everything else and I, I see this village and I walk in for the first time. What are they, what's somebody going to see 
walking into the packet hacking village the first time? So we we try to make the experience uh, feel completely different from the rest of the con. We want to make it feel like you're walking through a threshold into a different world. And so when you walk in, you go from bright hall lights into a, a lower dim lit room with some form of typically EDM music going, something that's uh, that's um, not too hardcore in your face, but that will help help keep your energy going. We want a high energy in the room. You'll see in, Investigator Chick and her team at the at the info booth right at the front, um, and then it opens up into this giant space this year um, and has in, in others where you'll have events such as uh, Packet Detective, Packet Inspector. You'll have the Wall of Sheep. You'll have uh, walkthrough workshops, Catch the Packet, and now Hardwired. And, and inside of that are tons of sub-events. There's really something for everyone. Um, we were originally asked if we wanted to be called the Blue Team Village. And we're like, no, 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 because we, <laughs> we do some offensive stuff as well. They're like, well, you could be, you know, kind of red. And we're like, oh, no, we're not. And that was before the red or blue team village became a thing after all. Um, they're like, well, you could be the purple team village. We're, like, eh, we're kind of kind of focused on some really cool security research where, where a lot of network related items. So we, we have a workshop on how to learn how to do network operating systems. So Juniper and Cisco gear, if you want to learn how to become a net, net admin or, a, you know, sysadmin sys on that. Um, we have... Uh, a workshop related to cracking passwords. That's you know not related to, to networking and things necessarily. We have a really cool botnet workshop shop, um, that teaches you how to build a botnet and that you're like, well, that's very offensive, but it's, it's designing, building up the botnet so you can learn how they work so you can defend better against them. And so that's the purpose behind that because you know if you don't touch a thing, you don't know it. You need to know how the adversary plays and works. And by working with the actual botnets, you can do a lot. And we have um, honeypot workshops as well, where we teach people how to design and build and set up a honeypot so that they can deploy that into their own network and have sensors and see things get popped. Um, we have uh, a Linux trainer for people that are brand new. They don't know Linux. They want to play on a bunch of things around con. And they're like, oh, my God, I, I need to know Linux. And I don't know Linux. I, I work on Windows all day. So we build a Linux trainer for people to play on. We, we have a regular expression trainer. Um, oh, I mentioned packet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, a lot of people are like, oh, my God, not regular expressions. But it's so funny. We ha I had somebody comment uh, to me after con. They went through the regular expression trainer um, last year, and they, they contacted me afterwards. Like, I've been using these regular expressions in my Excel documents. I've been using them all over the place. Like, it's made me so much more productive in life. Thank you for letting me do this. I, I kind of, I think they might have said thank you for forcing me to do this because I was like <laughs> six. <laughs> but um, it, you know, there are a lot of things inside of the the village. Of course, um, capture the packet is a spin out of what we were doing with the Wall of Sheep. Um, so a lot of people don't realize that the Wall of Sheep. Over time, we were teaching other people how to capture packets on the wire of DefCon and and understanding where the threats were and how how threat hunting functioned and so anybody that wanted to walk up they could sit down and start looking at the traffic and we would teach them how to do the thing so like, well, what are you doing for example um I don't, are you you're familiar with brian krebs i'm Definitely. sure yes, uh, krebs on security so i want to say it was like defcon 18 or 19 something like that uh 
he was still working for, I want to say the Washington Post at the time, came up to us and said, hey, you know, I want to learn this. I want to truly become an awesome investigative journalist and be able to do this, but I need to know the tech hardcore. Show me, teach me, show me what's on this network, explain the things. And he sat with us for a couple of years, uh, just learning everything that he could possibly learn from us. And you can see how how well it's helped him. I mean, he's doing fantastic. I mean, it really, really helped him um, with where he was going with, with all the things. Um, and so from day one, where you see thousands potentially of logins to current day where you're seeing maybe some hundreds because people are using encryption and there's a lot of, you know, you see cookies and there's other things. Um, we had to make some choices. How do we teach people how to analyze traffic for threats, find credentials, do all the things on the most hostile network in the world with without boring them to death, right? On day one in DEF CON 8, in a minute, I could see 100 FTP log. And you, you get that aha moment. You're like, ah, I saw it, I caught <laughs> one. And somebody could go in and catch a, catch a, a sheep in seconds, and then they're like, I caught a sheep, I'm good, right? <laughs> Fast forward 10 years, as, as more and more people use encryption, they're not going to wait an hour. They're, they're, you know, there's drinking, there's a lot of things going on in DEF CON, there's a lot of ADHD people that just, you know, their attention's just less than that used to be in the new generation, perhaps. But um, they just don't want to sit that long to, to get that aha moment. So we built Capture the Packet in 2009 and released in 2010, um, which is a traffic generator around based around this traffic and the things that we did at defcon so we could have them sniff the traffic coming off the traffic generator and instead of them waiting an hour for an ftp login they maybe get you know several dozen in a minute again and then they could go through and learn from that and we built challenges and a series of training off of that and when i say packet detective and packet inspector uh, as events they're all based on and using the capture packet engine. The packet inspector is for beginners and intermediate, it's just getting them in and starting from, you know, ground one or ground floor, you know, I guess it would be zero. Probably. Um, and then packet detective is for intermediate advanced folks. And then capture packet is historically been a black badge event since 2010, a black badge event uh, most of the years. And that's truly expert level game right there. Um, oh, it's so cool. I, you know, I, as much as I am, I'm madly in love with gooning and that takes all of my time now. I, I do want to come a year and just dedicate just to sit there when people come to the, um, when people first walk in and they see the, um, info booth, uh, chick, what are some of like the most common questions that you get from people when they're, when they're coming into the village? So, um, probably the number one question is what do you do here? <laughs> like they come in, they hear the music, you know, they see we, we sometimes have blinky lights going and they're just like overwhelmed. Like, what is all of this? Mm. And so that's probably the number one question. And so I give a condensed version of what River was just saying about, you know, we have these games and, and you can learn all these different things. Um, and the other questions are things like, do I need to bring my own equipment? And the answer is, nope, we provide all that for you. All oh, you, you have do. to do is play. Yep. We do. Can, can yeah, that's, they... that's... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I'm sorry, River. I was just about to ask, like, can I assume they could bring their own stuff or do you have do you have to have a, a specifically set up machine by uh, by the village? 
it, it's really based on the event. So capture the pack at the Black Badge event. Of course, you're going to bring your own gear. You sit down, and some people bring servers. They have all sorts of stuff. But m almost all of the other activities within the village, um, we view we we get sponsors for the village, and the sponsorship dollars we've invested in equipment. Um, we have hundreds of laptops that we lay out across the village because so many people don't bring equipment to DEF CON or they left their laptop in the room and they don't want to go 20 minutes there and 20 minutes back to get something to, you know, to do it. There's, it just removed that barrier to entry. Um, we have actually quite a bit, quite a few goons that wander in um, when they're off shift or taking their, their break. They, we drop them down onto a workstation. You get priority, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. I, did, um, I have no idea. No, I didn't know. Yeah. I never like yeah, to assume, uh, like, I like that I have my off-duty shirt and my badge, but, like, I don't want to come and be like, what's up, guys? Yeah, no, I mean, you guys work really hard to make the event happen, and you're there to learn and have fun, too, so it's important for us to make sure that the goons get taken care of. And being somebody who's a retired former sock goon and then now a department lead, I mean, it's really important for me, especially, to take care of the people that are helping make the event happen. How are are you planning your rat? Like, when does planning begin for thirty two? Like, thirty one closes this year. We we do closing ceremonies. When does planning for thirty two begin? I started about three months ago. <laughs> so I tell I'm not, people. I'm not joking. No, no, no. I'm I know. not joking. It, it is it is a hundred percent year round. We um, we have so many things that go into it that people don't realize. We have fifteen thousand square foot space and. Uh, Dr. Chick, you, you, you would be able to tell us like the uh, rough volunteer count somewhere between yeah. 80 and 120. I don't know, what yeah. Is it? Yeah. I mean, if you include the people who are volunteers and staff, we're, we're a little over a hundred this year and there's yeah. probably a handful that aren't even in that count. So. And that's with us being short staffed. Yes. Um, really? So, so there, there are hundred plus people that go into this, that we have a storage facility that has equipment in it year round. We, it, it takes a box truck, a giant moving truck to move all the gear out of that into the convention space. It takes a tremendous amount of planning, repairing gear, getting new, you know, new supplies, going through all of the pains and, and turmoil of getting sponsors to be able to make this happen each year. That's, that's a struggle. Um, it used to be easy. We were the first village to ever do that. Um, we were really cool about it. And then uh, more villages that pop out and more villages saw what we were doing. They're like, oh, we need some money too to, to you know, bring up our big game. Um, so we're all fighting for the same pool of money. And uh, with COVID and the, the inflation and the economy right now with all the layoffs, companies are not handing out money like they used to. So it's a lot harder and you have to do more with less. And, and that's real. And there's a lot of our our crew and, and people that we really love, uh, we'd love to have at the event that just can't make it for some reason or another this year because of uh, whether it's uh, job related, health related, whatever it might be. Um, but uh, it's it's a lot of work. We are we we bring new challenges and new content every single year to the event. We've released um, I don't know multiple pieces of technology that we have patents on and all sorts of crazy things. So for example, Hardwired, which I very briefly mentioned, it's a, a, a game that we created that is to teach people how to build network cables. And oh, nice. the, the base inside of it right now is for our um, RJ45 Cat5 cable. So many people want to 
wire hardwire their house. They want to run cable for this or that. They don't want to use wireless for whatever reason, or they can't. And that skill is just gone. I, I ran 12,000 feet of Cat5 a day for one of the jobs back in the 90s and the early 2000s. And, and I just, it was something I did. And they don't teach it very many places anymore. It's not kind of part of the curriculum. And so we, we made a game, a competition, where you have to build a, a cable as fast as you can. You plug it in and it times you. And there's a scoreboard and all sorts of other cool stuff. And we're, we're adding to that this year. Um, but yeah, it was released last year. And we're, even, we're upping the game this year. That's so freaking cool. I, uh, it's funny you say that because, yeah, I, I did the same. Not as many hours as you did, but before I got to security, I did uh, general like networking and switch installation and things like that. So I would have to roll my own cables and I hadn't done it in like 20 years. And I try, I have, I have a barn or a house is 200 years old. And I was like, ah, I, I don't, I can't afford the Wi-Fi just yet. So I was trying to, so I ran a cable of 200 feet from my house and I like ran it through a screen window and my buddy just dropped off the, the crimping kit. And I've, I've seldom wanted to kill myself so badly then when I made that stupid cable after the for 20 years of not doing it, um, I just couldn't figure it out. And finally, you know, it, it worked. And there's a satisfaction of, you know, uh, beating the gods when you successfully make a network cable. Um, we have so many people come in and they're like, oh, my God, I, I've been in IT forever and I've never made a cable. And they walk out with their first cable they've ever made. <laughs> and then, dude, and then. I can tell this story real quick. So I, I went through this, right? And I got like the Cat 6 and I upgraded my stuff here. And because we were hosting, um, it was one of the years that we were, it was like, it, it wasn't the first safe mode. It was the kind of half safe mode that next year. So Lintile stayed over at my house and we did Hacker Jeopardy from my barn. And I strung the cable because I wasn't going to risk it with wireless. And right before the second round of Hacker Jeopardy, a buddy of mine leaves. And I said, whatever you do, do not drive over there because it was like strung across the driveway because we just rigged it up. Like you would think this was like 1998. And what does he do? He just hauls ass over the cable, rips it out of my window. And then we had oh, to no. go <laughs> and, and he rips it out. And it's right before. And I had to sit. Luckily, it was early enough in the day. And, uh, and so we sent somebody to Best Buy to get a cable and we did this and it caused a whole bunch of shit. But now the ripped out cable part I gave to Lintile is going to turn it into like a badge or a trophy or something. But it caused so much friction. And I was like, what year is it? Why are we having these problems? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's not something we, we could commiserate with. Um, what, the ability to just fix a cable in general is yeah. so fun. I mean, they, and, you know, people just throw out phone cables they throw out all these cables when there's a kink or a problem with it and i just take it to my bench and pull it apart resolder the thing fix it together you know there there's thousands of dollars to be saved across somebody's life if they learn how to do some basic troubleshooting and, and repair work and my son finally started to say that like he sit and watches me enough now where he's like i i want to do that and I can't wait to have him build his first computer with me because, like, my first love was hardware. Like, what I, I learned it through going through school, but I, like, legitimately fell in love with it. And, and I love knowing how to do that stuff now. And it's something that I never wanted. Like, I could have everything else go to hell, but if I could still work on hardware, I'd be a very, very happy person uh, doing that. Where do you see, and I'll pose this to both of you, Chick or, or, or River, where do you see Packet Hacking village wall of sheep going in the next you know five years you guys have long-term 
plans where you want to see it? Do you want, is it, is, is it ever, is it still growing? Is it, I know how like some villages are always like fighting for space or like some are kind of stay stagnant. Like what, where do you both of you see the, the village going in the next, you know, three to five years? Or, or better yet, where do you want it to be? So the village, if, if you look at the definition of village, you know, it's, it's what, 2,000 people or something like that. We have, we have tens of thousands of people in our, in our area. So really it's a pack attacking city, I think is the next level. <laughs> um, but uh, we, we have kind of honed in on this concept that we really like. We used to have instructor-led workshops and we would have a classroom sitting and we get 20 to 40 people sitting down in that classroom. And we do those like every hour, a couple hours, and we have those going nonstop. And we, we realized that it took a lot of space and resources for a very small amount of attendance to be able to do that. So what we did is we started focusing on walkthrough workshops, which is a concept that we created where we have a series of activities that somebody can sit down and read or watch a video and go through the full step, all of them, to, to do something. And then we have a bunch of instructors around and they can raise their hand. And if they get stuck, we'll help them. But it's really for them to walk themselves through the knowledge and the education and the material. And I'd like to do a lot more of what we're doing at a much larger scale. So we each year we're trying to bring new things to it or fine tune and refine what we have. Um, this is a, a year where we're, we're bringing um, a, a new work walkthrough workshop, um, Fleet DM uh, with with OS query for threat hunting. We're we're trying that out because it's just it's an open source. People use it all over the place. Every company is using some form of that uh, in in the large you know Fortune 100 500 for massive inventory. It's basically doing SQL of of OSs and seeing what's going on, which is fantastic. Um, so we're we're doing that. We're we're gonna continue to try to bring that. And then also, um, which just like the core of why we're doing the village, if it's fun for us, if it's fun for Investigator Chick, if we want it, that's what we're going to do. So the re the way that we choose our speakers at our village is if we want to hear the talk. Right, yeah. <laughs> they're like, you know, if it's fun for us, us, if it's cool for us, and we think that others can get value out of it, awesome. I mean, but we're, we're having, we're doing our own thing in our village. Like there's con. And they always say we're the con within the con. I mean, it really is. We, we're just trying to have fun and do our thing inside of there. And if, if we continue having fun, people come in and they have fun too. Kathy, what, what are you, you thinking, uh, investigator? Um, well, I mean, <laughs> you are our glorious leader. So really, I, I follow um, what direction you'll take us. I will say, uh, you know, the more... The more of these workshops we do, the more people we need to help us do them. So if we, yep. you know, hopefully we'll be able to continue to to grow that pool because that is probably, you know, the biggest challenge is um, we're there for a long day and it's it's awesome, but we we can always use extra help. Um, so I beyond that, I, I don't really have a vision. I just kind of follow your lead like you know it's it's your vi your vision and we help shape that but it's really kind of up to what you what you see and um and it's done us well so far and I'm, go ahead oh no i was just about to say i was about to ask like how, how if if somebody has been in there and like i really want to 
be a part of this and and help volunteer how do, do you hold like open calls try like how do people volunteer for the it, it's kind of very much like the way that the goons are are selected in a way um we for the for the longest time it, we have people that sit down and play and they they're kind of around all the time they might help out with just basic stuff on the floor and uh they'll they'll have a conversation and they might say hey i'd like I'd like to volunteer and if if the individual there um feels like they you know they're trustworthy that they can do that then they might you know try them out or sponsor them the way that we used to do is if i could take my work laptop i could open it up set it down down on a table go to the restroom at con come back and no shenanigans happen while that person was watching my laptop then that's the kind of person that i want to have there i want to have people that watch our back and our equipment and our things and we bring literally hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of equipment to the convention space. And we're, we're sharing out a lot of material and information. I mean, like when, when, uh, uh, investigator chick was, was talking about her book and thoughts and concepts on that and, you know, rattling off ideas amongst the team, it's, it's a trusted small community. I mean, the, the wall of sheep turned from a, 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 you know, a thing on a, plates on the wall to a projected screen to really a, uh, a community and a hack team and a group of people that are friends that are sharing things. And, and when I say it in that way, you know, this is, it's an ethical team. It's, you know, but we're all um, trying to help promote each other and share knowledge and do things. And, you know, if somebody is there and they want to help and they have, you know, the proper intentions, then it's typically, pretty visible and they ask and then we will try them out just like with a goon. Where do you guys like to go? Do you have even have time? I found myself since like my, that's my thing is I, I goon and then I try to sleep and then I, and then I sleep, I wake up and it's time for parties. And, but this year I'm, I'm actively trying to do more and go to different places. Do you at the con, do you have places you like to go outside the, like, is there a spot like, Oh, I really want to go see Hackasad. I really want to go see, you know, the car hacking village, like, do you have other places that you just play attendee for a little bit and go and, and like to go to? Um, personally, that, that I don't. Uh, I, there's a lot of places I would love to see. Don't yeah. get me wrong. I, I love seeing my friends, but I'm, I'm kind of anchored at the village. Right, yeah, I imagine. Um, I, here's a funny story. I'll, I'll tell you. This happened at the uh, the Rio, no, Riviera. It happened at the Riviera. This is the first time I realized it. So um, we were in the back by the big CTF, there was the big CTF main and then our village and across this large, large floor and the bathrooms were across the large floor. And uh, just getting, for me to get to the restroom back to the village was taking a tremendous amount of time. And um, so I was walking across the, the village and, and some, some of the other volunteers or the other crew were with me and, you know, go over and um, somebody approached me and they kind of like blocked the individual. I'm like, what's going on? They're like, oh, well, I'm your blocker. I'm like, what's my blocker? <laughs> and they're, like, they're like, oh, it's my job to make sure that you can get to the bathroom and back in a reasonable amount of time. Otherwise, it should take you two hours of talking to everybody to get back to the village. And I had no idea, but one of, one of my team members assigned me blockers so that I could get back. Um, that was hilarious. Uh, that's the but, sweetest uh, thing I've ever heard. 
I mean, you get to the point where you have to go to the bathroom, especially me as an ADHD individual. I, I don't, I'll have to go to the restroom, but then I'll squirrel away and I'll think of something else. And then, you know, an hour later, I'm like, oh man, I really have to go to the restroom. And then if it takes me an, another hour to get to the restroom from the village to the, to the bathroom, it, you know, it could be rather detrimental to my health. So that was, uh, that was kind of interesting. That, that, that almost, the first thing that reminded me of is like some of the videos you see online. I don't know if you want sports or not, but, um, there's a there's there's one dude responsible for keeping like uh, on the sidelines for football. There's one particular coach who never pays attention to where he is in the field, and it's that dude's job to keep him in bounds and get to where he's <laughs> yeah. going. The fact I, you I have, had one own, of those, <laughs> you have your own bathroom blocker. That's funny and again very sweet. I somebody thought of that for you, and that I like that person. Whoever that person was that thought of that idea is a good person. So we have a we have a bunch of rules as as our for, with our volunteers. And one of them is that you know you're always watching everybody else, making sure that that their their safety and everybody's safety. You see a cable sticking up on the ground that's trip hazard. It's not somebody else's job to tape it down. It's your job. If you see somebody that's looking dehydrated, you know make sure that they get help. Like take care of the team and the people that are there. Um, that's one of our highest priorities and. Um, that's another, you know, another thing that goes to uh, what she was saying as far as like how people feel a little bit more safe in our area, because we're always trying to look out for each other. It's not every person for themselves. You know, this is, you know, uh, the hacker camp from hell. This is this is actually a really great event overall. And most of the places in DEF CON are like that. But we're, we, we really kicked that on. And um, I took a lot of that from early Dooning. And that's how we treat our people. I mean, we, we were a lot of our, our team members are our, our retired goons and folks. Um, we actually have a couple additional retired goons that have been retired for many years that are coming and volunteering with us for the first time this year. Um, but uh, it's, it's just a fun place. That's awesome. Um, and I was about to say, I could definitely just from the way that you talk about it and how you've organized it, just knowing what I know of how the sock is run and, the people that I've got to learn from, I, 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 I we talked to um, Ada Zebra the other day about the hotline and, you know, I'm learning under people like Chaos and Wham and stuff. So, like, it just, it feels that you've taken all of that really, really good sp uh, lessons on safety and things like that and are infusing it into that village. Like, I just, I, I can't wait to see it again this year. Uh, Chick, do you have other, are, are you tied to the village now or do you get, you're tied to the village yeah. now? I, I, I've been tied to the village. Um, I do tend to get out in the evening. Um, and, uh, you know, my thing is to see people, right? So the thing that I tell people is come see me. I'm tied to the village, but unlike Riverside, I'm not running around doing all the things. I'm sitting there answering questions. So I tell people, look, you want to come see me? You want to come find me? Come to Packetacking Village. Come to the info booth. Sit down. Have a seat. Take a load off. <laughs> Let's catch up, you know? And so... That's really um, that's really kind of how it works best for me because I don't have to look for people. They can just come to me and I'm easy to find because I'm not moving around. You know, I'm like, if I'm not there, wait five minutes because I probably went to the restroom and I'm on my way back. So, <laughs> um, and I will say, you know, there are a couple things. Uh, I, I have some health issues and the team is really great about, you know, stepping up to make sure that I can go get food when I need to. And, you know, this year I'm going to have a book signing. And we need, we're going to need some coverage and they're going to make sure that, that I have that so I can go and. You're and so fancy. 
though. So I fancy. I'm like, oh, yeah, I have to volunteer, but I'm also doing my book signing. Um, <laughs> congratulations, by the way. That is out now, right? Thank People you. can get it yeah. now, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. I'm, it is. I am, I am steadily in awe, and it, and it has not abated since my first DEF CON, which was 24, to now, to the things that I get to be involved in, and, uh, that I get to meet people like you, Kathy, and like you, River, and uh, I, whether you know it or not, so many people are watching and learning from the things that you do, and they could not have better role models to learn from. And so I, I hope that you do realize the impact that you have had on people. Like, like I said at the top of the show, you're a core memory for me. Um, and like, we've never even met face to face. Like we talked a little bit earlier, like, oh yeah, I've seen you do this and I've seen you do this, but you've been a core memory, uh, memory for me for seven, eight years now. Um, Kathy will be forever. So I, w- I want to thank you. We are up on time cause I got to do another thing and then I got to do another thing cause it's Vegas time. Um, so Riverside, thank you so much for taking time out of your clearly very busy schedule. Uh, Kathy, you as well. And again, for anybody who is going to DEF CON, um, it's a really good time. I'm, I'm so excited. One of my favorite things when I get to like goon like a track line or something is asking for a show of hands. Like whose first con is this? Because I have so much to tell you and I want to hear all of the questions and help them along. So if you are going, um, all of those maps uh, are, are available on defcon.org uh, for uh, Caesars Forums, for Flamingo, for Link. Uh, Caesars Forums, again, big rectangle. It's like, it looks really big. It looks hard to find things, but it won't be. It's a great time. I cannot wait to go. It's almost less than two weeks now. Um, so thank both of you for coming on. Um, and we're going to talk to later on uh, the uh, Social Engineer Village. We're going to talk to Snow and JC in just a couple hours. And then on Friday, we have Steve Reagan. Steve D3 is going to come on. And it's all Vegas all week long. And I'm super excited. Thank you guys so much. Thank you.